0: To hot Topics reframed: topics that are hot with a lot of thought with Becky Hayes and Cedric Taylor. All right, welcome to welcome back to Hot Topics Reframe. and I am Becky Hayes, and again, Cedric Taylor is still out, uh, so I do have another guest with us today, and his name is Jamie Paisley, and he didn't give me an exact directive on how to introduce him. But I will introduce him, so then he'll get really embarrassed. Uh, likely. Yes. Quite
1: likely indeed.
0: <laughs> he is one of the most wonderful people I've ever met in my life. Um, I consider him family, and I am so, so very grateful that he wanted to speak with me today on, you know, June 3rd is when we're recording this, during Pride Month, which is our month. And... <laughs> and. uh he works here in the Lansing, Michigan area for an NPR affiliate, and so th- he's an expert on all this. So he's going to definitely be better at talking than I am because that's literally his job. My job is talking, but I, 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 I just lecture, and uh, there's still a lot of ums and ahs in my delivery. You're you're a little bit better at that than me, and and you're going to talk to me in your radio voice today, which will be
1: <laughs> different than
0: our normal conversing, but. Hopefully not
1: too different.
0: Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here. And is there anything you would like to add?
1: Yes, I I do work for the NPR affiliate here in uh, mid-Michigan, WKAR. I started uh, about a quarter of my time doing more arts reporting. And then as time went on, the fullness of time, uh, I converted over towards just doing classical music. And so that's pretty much all I do. And I host three programs that get distributed across Michigan. And and, uh, most of the day is spent talking about classical music and checking in with the arts folks the creative currency of mid-michigan as well i'm glad to be here since you broke the topic of uh, feeling like family i mean we have to at least once more acknowledge what cedric is out for Damn. because that is important to check in with him how is he doing
0: He's been all right. I mean, we've been conversing back and forth. He definitely had some struggles with getting formula, just like a lot of other Americans did. And so, one of my good friends brought some up from Kalamazoo because mm. she's super angry about that situation. Because I was like going to stores too, looking for him. Um, but yeah, he's he's doing all right. He's he's taking care of his. His family right now. Yeah, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he'll be back soon, but we, you know, we'll see when that happens. And in the meantime, I've been having some amazing guests and holding it down. You're all right. I might have not said your name. I'm like, does everybody know who Jamie Paisley is? He's like, he's like famous around here. <laughs> to be
1: honest, I don't even know who Jamie Paisley is, so that's <laughs> fine.
0: <laughs> are you sure? Yeah.
1: Uh, it's always a. Tr- Difficult thing to find yourself,
0: is it? Okay. Sure. Oh
1: my gosh! Yes.
0: All right. Well, I guess I know who I am at this point. I mean, two four
1: six zero one. Oh, I know that's a musical theater reference for Les Mis. Oh. <laughs> but um, see, that's the thing. That's you're now you're getting the do. off-the-cuff puns, not the ones that I've rehearsed for on the air. You're getting the ones that are raw.
0: I know. I'm your friend. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you'll say th- you'll make jokes all the time, and sometimes I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then it'll take me a minute I'll be like oh okay to be I, fair
1: my main colleague does the same thing and he <laughs> says I don't know what it was but I know it was funny so we'll just laugh
0: yeah it takes me a minute but then I'm like oh okay all right <laughs> and then our good friend Jen shout out to Jen because we all hang out together a lot like she'll do she'll get it right away sometimes like and then I'll have to ask her what it is <laughs>
1: So for for this episode, uh, we're recording it June 3rd, which is a very important month for uh, us as well. Mm -hmm. Why is that?
0: Yes, we are talking about Pride Month today, and we're going to talk about microaggressions. And it's because I am a queer woman.
1: And believe it or not, I'm a queer man. Um, but then again, I'm, I'm not. I don't really hide that on the air. I talk about it occasionally, um, and not not that often, because mm, only when it relates to what the topic is, and it's usually music in some form or fashion. And I p- kicked off this month uh, with the entirety of my programming dealing with uh, queer musicians from the Baroque through even today, mm-hmm. uh, which. It's weird to see the ebb and flow of people in the Baroque era being more open, the brother of King Louis XIV being kind of open about it, and hiring Jean Baptiste Lully, who was very open. Then he married the king, married a Catholic, and then, oops, hey, we all had to go back in the closet again. It was a weird time in the Baroque, and then it just kind of faded, and, and it, uh, thankfully is changed for the better, at least. But uh, it's an ongoing process through the centuries.
0: Yeah, not always is it very obvious when somebody is queer or not. Um, sometimes it is very questionable and people make a lot of speculations. But Do we want
1: to talk about that story then? <laughs> about how I was introduced to that friend group that we are both a part of. Uh, I was, yes. uh, I'm, I'm a trivia head. Go figure, I work for an NPR affiliate. Yes, I love trivia. So... I was invited by one of the colleagues in, in WKR television to go to a, a trivia night and mm-hmm. it involved some people that I had had like minimal conversation with uh from the college of music including uh, at the aforementioned Jen who got a shout out earlier today. So I go and apparently behind the scenes there was something else that was happening uh with that introduction.
0: What do you want me to tell you?
1: <laughs> Jens concern
0: oh yes you know i did want to talk about because we me and you had this conversation uh about a week or so ago about yeah. uh quote-unquote straight passing because yeah. i am a queer person but um, i'm bi pan so that means that um i'm in heterosexual relationships and i'm not oh it's not always well known that i am that mm-hmm. um that i am queer that i'm in the family yeah I, I usually have to announce that very loudly to people in order for them to know. And there was the assumption that you were not either, um, and there was concern that you know, um, oh, is he going to think I'm hitting on him if I want to be his friend? And I'm like, I picked it up. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. And I've I've told another friend too. Uh, that's a friend of hers. Like, I mean, and she also ad- identifies as a BI person. She's BI person. And um, I I met when the first time I met her, I went, I was like slyly like. Are you like me? And she's like, "What's that mean?" I was like, "Girls too." Yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: like I'm bi, pan. I like all kinds of people. Uh, and she's like, "Oh yeah, how'd you know that?" And I was like, "Sometimes we can smell our own. I don't know." I,
1: <laughs> I- <laughs> the olfactory uh, doesn't lie. That said, while I am, as we say, kind of straight passing for the most part, uh, and. Believe me, people tell me if that's not the case, sometimes me that too. isn't. But um I, I am aware that especially I am I'm a fairly large person as well. So I know that there's an intimidation factor in that. And I can sense when there are people that aren't uncomfortable, uh, even when I'm I, I am, you know, in that passing mode and I want to make sure that they know that they are in a safe space. So I do have an adjustable flame setting, let's say. Just to help other people know, like to have that unconscious thing. Like I will, I I do my best to make sure that they know, no, 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 no. you're fine. Everything's good. And uh, uh, it helps to know when to flame on as it were. (laughs) If, If Marvel doesn't sue me for doing the human torch catchphrase there.
0: Yeah. The adjustable flame setting thing. I'm definitely going to take that phrase Cause I feel like I will, my adjustable flame setting is like, I will deck myself out in more rainbow or glitter or something no. like that to like, I'm, it's like signaling. It's like bat signaling to the community of like, <laughs> hi, I'm out here. I'm out here. And I, I'm gay too. Please acknowledge my gayness.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, uh, You know, actually, I was I was wondering um, how do you feel about the term "straight passing"? Is do you feel good, bad? Because I I don't always feel good when people use that phrase towards me. If they're in the family, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Do Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. The only time it ever really comes up is with people that I know are usually safe or at least have the best of intentions. And sometimes intentions don't always result in the best outcomes. But knowing that it comes from a place of love or from a place of, of respect at the very least uh, helps me deal with that. But, but but it is... Yeah. It doesn't concern me as much because I know that they're trying.
0: Yeah. You know, and I... You're bringing up a very excellent point. Then one of the things that I teach about, and I think this would be good to see here on the pod, intent versus impact. Yeah. Um, first of all, Jamie is one of the kindest people I've ever met. Shut and, the hell up. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. No one's going to believe that. Yeah, um, very, much. very kind. You know, very accepting, very inclusive, and um, that's great and you should be and I, I feel like I'm pretty kind to you're much kinder than I am uh, the, but the like intent versus impact and that's why it can be difficult with microaggressions is because the people don't intend to be mean or yeah. say something silly and also and if, you, it, if it's towards your marginalized group you know like I mean whether for me it's like women queer you know like multiple different factions of that then I don't always have the emotional space to educate them about why that is a problem But that is why we were doing these podcasts today where we are talking not only about Pride Month and what it means to us, but also a little bit about microaggressions. That is a very subjective thing. Like microaggressions, we will, there are some general ones and that people could use for different um, LGBTQ that could be aware of, but then there are also their personal ones too um, depending on how your coming out story happened and how people received it, that you could be triggered in certain ways, um, that People in your life might, again, not intend to say something harmful um, and they're just uneducated. And then they say something that hurts your feelings.
1: But friends, as you're listening to this, your mileage may vary. Your capacity to take in those microaggressions, of course, is going to vary based on where you are in your uh, day, in your month, in, in whatever is going on in your lifetime. And, sure. And... It's a, it is a bit of a muscle to exercise, that capacity, and uh, I will confess, and I'm guessing this is what we're going to talk about fairly soon, is uh, the difficult portions of some of the, the queer experience. Um, if I'm guessing that's where we're heading to. Yes. Getting into. Okay. Yes. I assume, uh, I am an individual that as much as the great compliments that, that Becky just gave me and trying to be a good and kind person, I don't always feel that way because there is a great deal of self doubt. And a lot of that came from when I did finally come out to my father. Uh, I, about a week later received a letter saying I was no longer his son. And that not only that I was, um, uh, didn't have to go to his funeral when he died, because his family would be okay with that. Like it was an immediate cessation, um, and it was very harmful, very painful. And of course, it happened uh, right when I had made the decision to live with uh, my my ex at this point, and I was with him for five or eight years or so. But um, so to to plant my feet firmly and then to just receive that kind of blowback took a lot of. Um, Pressure, And I kind of am somebody that's good with triage for myself and for others. And so I was able to kind of work through it, but had to tuck down for a bit. And I was in a new city and moved to Los Angeles at that point. Um, And just kind of like, okay, this is the reality of where things are. And let's let's just get through it. It was exceedingly painful. And it felt like I I had about a a week of a migraine, a week-long migraine for the entirety of it. Just kind of crying when I could, uh, which was not all the time, but learning to make that space that I didn't really want. Um, uh, it came eventually. I think that's a good introduction to, to that experience when, when I when I did come out.
0: Yes, and thank you for sharing your story. That's really vulnerable, and I appreciate it, too, because also the self-doubt thing, I didn't have as, as traumatic of an experience as you did, but it's, it's more... Um, by erasure so that's a term mm-hmm. that like that basically bisexuality doesn't exist and actually i've had it so many times that it's a huge trigger for me when some, when i feel like somebody's questioning my queerness like and it ha- it literally happened to me a few weeks ago <laughs> like by somebody i was dating so yeah. you know i i'm very very hypersensitive and vigilant about that but you know i've my my family does make a lot of like Low key jokes about gayness and that's so gay and stuff like that. And there's been a few times where I've spoken up and I was like, you know, that's very offensive to gay people. I would know I'm one of them, like that kind of stuff. But the first first time I came out to my mom, um, and she is now since deceased, uh, but I I came out to her and she said, oh, yeah, maybe you are, but you'll just go back to men, hmm. you know. And, and I've, I've experienced a lot of that when I came out to my friends from college at one of my friends' weddings she rubbed her boobs in my face and said do you like that and i went no that's assault yeah and you know that came from a place of just you know that's that's biphobic you know biphobia meaning that a lot of people assume that bisexual pansexual people are just attracted to like literally every single person right. and it's like that's not how attraction works like heterosexual people are you attracted to every single other person of the opposite sex that you come across? No, of course you're not. So that that one is the promiscuity and the yeah. that that part of the biphobias. And then she did that and now it's like, okay. I went back to my room after that. I was like and cried because I was like, this is ridiculous. But I just I've had so many of those like little Experiences where anytime, like I, I'm like, okay, if I'm finally gonna tell them,
1: yeah, <laughs> they know the experience better than you do.
0: Yeah, but then the the cause of it causes self doubt in me. I'm like, well, maybe I don't. I was with a guy. Um, I, w- I was married to him um, for a while. As my ex husband, not not the last ex husband. He, I'd just like to say, no, it would never. He would never say that. Shout out. Um, <laughs> but my first ex husband, who is also an academic, he he told me, oh, you just you just said that to me because you think it's cool. So I've had so many like people close people in my life just tell me that I'm not yeah. that it took me a really long time to be very comfortable in that and um yeah, I know I am. Yeah, yeah my dreams tell me so. <laughs> <laughs> and my bits tell me so, so like I know. Um, but the self-doubt was always there because of how many negative experiences I had when I would be honest with people.
1: So while that's an external force, that somebody else do- does that my erasure towards you, when you have those self-doubts, how do you work through it?
0: Uh, well, self-esteem I have, like, in droves now. Thank goodness. Thank you, therapy. Actually, I had to stand up to my therapist once because I felt that she was yeah. dismissing um, because she, I told her I was dating a woman, and she was like, "Oh, oh, you, oh so you have a friend?" And I'm like, "Nope, not a friend." Uh, standing up for myself yeah. and then just being comfortable in my identity. Um, reading online about how other people experience very similar things has helped validate me, um, and then validating myself. But meditation helps too. Um, not yoga. No. When no a person tells me to do, do yoga <laughs> like for anything, like my mental health, I'm like, no, shush, no. But yeah, I'm getting more and more comfortable with myself and spending time with myself. I, I know the truth, but
1: right. it's hard. True.
0: But we've got Pride Month, and that's when I feel like good. Because also, <laughs> you don't always know other people in your community. I have a lot of bisexual friends now. And having that community and knowing about it and talking to them, um, and having them validate my experiences too also really helps. You know, um, because they've experienced either similar things and they don't they don't shut it down.
1: Right.
0: Um, but again, the the Pride Month is like the magical bat signal, um, where we all come out of the woodwork, like yes, <laughs> this is our queerest shining. <laughs>
1: the chrysalis was long ago. We've already emerged. Yeah, yeah. Um, for for me, I think. Um, I enjoy going out to a lot of the, uh, the, the a lot of celebrations and, and I uh, the gay bar occasionally, but because I'm more of an introvert, yeah, um, I have some difficulty with that because I, which is maybe counterintuitive for what I do, and I, uh, that may be, but then again, for what I do, I sit in a room by myself with a metal machine and talk that's all i do uh so i'm used to being alone in, in that way and yeah. and so when it comes time to those social events i'm i'm hugely a nerd i mean i am the, the board game gay um where going out into to to the bar situation where it's just hanging out there and drinking i don't understand all fully all of that because i want some sort of end game uh game, literally, in that case. but uh, <laughs> yes, very I, I, <laughs> so That's one of the reasons of, of why I do trivia, and I love that, and I host a trivia, uh, is because it has something that you can latch on to so that even if you have those moments of introversion, even as a queer person, you still have something that you can focus on and, and uh, get you through to the end of that event. And, and in the ancillary to that is you have to communicate with people that are with you, in a board game setting, in a trivia setting, going out. Whereas into a bar, I have very often, even here in lansing uh just sat there and not talked to anybody for the entire time and been like okay something's wrong with me no but that's it's trying to get used to that as well that i have difficulty with
0: i completely understand that because honestly i don't i don't like big crowds or parties myself yeah um i i identify as like kind of in the middle of introversion extroversion and so uh yeah the I like the idea of Pride Month as the fact that we're all running around uh, yeah. with glitter and rainbows and like waving at each other. Um, but then now it's it's so commercialized that I'm like, is that person with rainbow gay like me, or is it they're just wearing rainbows for Pride Month? Are they an ally? Right. <laughs> I mean, that's fine too. Of, of course, you want you want you want that. But then there's also kind of like a capitalistic structure to uh, Pride Month too, where we've got all these companies that don't necessarily um, do. All of the gay rights legislation and making sure that they're hiring gay employees and protecting their trans, especially, you know, their rights and protecting them. But then in June, they've got rainbow everything and they're selling it with rainbow. (laughs) I'm like, um,
1: how do you address that? I mean, is it a case-by-case basis or is it just having some sort of organization hold uh, those that are not living up to promised and, and their June ideals of diversity and inclusion on a regular basis so that somebody can hold their feet to the flames, as it were? Adjustable flames or not, doesn't matter. But how do we How do we, uh, adju- address that?
0: I think that we do a little bit with the social media, you know? Uh, we We call out companies that are you know especially if they actively work against you know the LGBTQ community and then in June they've got rainbow products you know so there there is some of that um and that's you know the public outcry hmm. and calling them the hypocrites that they are They're like you just want to make money but that it's hard because we I mean we live in America is a you know the United States of America is a capitalist society so of course, they're trying to capitalize on rainbow everything. I also don't want to spend extra money just because it's rainbow. Hmm. I can't say that I haven't done that. I will definitely go on record to say that. Oh, that used to be $5, but it's 6 now that it has rainbows on it. Yeah, okay. But I, I'd rather not. It's kind of like New Year's Eve, going to the bar. It's like, that's the same bar. And now they're charging $50 to get in. <laughs> Why?
1: All right. So my my experience uh, from that is I understand that, and I and I yes, rainbow everything isn't really good. But um, for me, and this is the time period of me growing up, because everybody, the, the times now are different than they were before, and yeah. having them as prevalent is not entirely a bad thing. When I was young, so this is mid nineties at this point, I did my one of my my rare bits of. <laughs> what was not allowed? I was allowed to borrow the car when I was 18, and I, and I used it to take some friends to New Hope, Pennsylvania, which was a bit of a distance away, but it also was a bit of a gay uh, destination. There was a haven. It, had, it was a place that had flags, and this was in the mid-'90s at least. So I remember going there with uh, some friends that were more of the uh, what we'd probably call probably call in the 90s the freak club. You know, that group that was more accepting and and had that sort of we love you for who you are. And and I was still fairly new to that Mm -hmm. because I was out to myself and to to some people in in high school. But that was about it. Um, So going to New Hope and I bought my very first uh, like pride bracelet and it was a rainbow thing. Mm -hmm. And I hid that thing like the Dickens the second I got home straight into like the back of the drawer. Yeah. Uh but it felt so good knowing it was there. Yeah. It was the only thing that I had and it was a rainbow thing, but it was to have have that more available because that was something that was not at all uh available in a wide capacity. Back then is is a mar- remarkable change and I'm uh, thrilled that it has.
0: You know, and you're bringing up the 90s, so I wanted to point out too that I didn't know that it was possible to be bisexual in the 90s. I was in high school in the 90s, and I knew I wasn't straight, but I wasn't entirely gay. Like, I I still, I was attracted to multiple types of people. But, like, I, at, at that time, you know, and I grew up in the Catholic Church, too, so religion had an impact on the way that I thought about stuff. But I did not know that there was another option. Yeah. I, I just didn't. It was never introduced to me. Um, you know, sex educa- education is notoriously bad. So it's not like they were teaching about that stuff anyway. And
1: it's gotten so much better now. Mm. No,
0: it's really not. But yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing. So I honestly, in the 90s, wouldn't have known what a, what a rainbow flag meant to anything. Yeah. You know, I knew that like my family was making gay jokes back then. So I knew that you weren't supposed to be that. I knew the religion and stuff like that. You weren't supposed to be that. So I just like I shoved that part down for a really long time. And it wasn't until college that I was like, oh, there's another option here. Thank you, sociology. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you to all my sociology professors at Western Michigan University (laughs) for like um, educating me that there are other options. um, But literally did not know.
1: How are you with the emergence of a lot more queer-friendly media? Because the moment you said that, the, the phrase that came to mind was, I like the bottle, not the wine. Or, I like the wine, not the bottle. Sorry, flip that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to Dan Levy.
0: Yeah. Uh, Shits Creek. Yeah, that is a wonderful show. I, I have a shirt that says that. And I wear it very brownly. <laughs> yeah. the, because when that that scene happened, I oh, gosh, that show... That show means so much to me. I I still cry watching that show at certain right. scenes.
1: Are there other uh, types of media that, that have been more inclusive, including Shits Creek? Is obviously that one that one that I reference. But have you seen a bit more of uh, yeah. by acceptance?
0: Um. Yes and no. Hmm. I think that there is definitely more um, LGBTQ representation across the board than when. I was growing up, and it's wonderful, but I still feel that there there's kind of a it hits a wall, and there's more of the like tropes and the stories, yeah, um like for example, of course, we were talking about some of our coming out stories, but we're, we're more than just our coming out story. like everybody wanted me to watch I think it was called the Happiest Season or something like that on Netflix, and it was two women together, and it, it was it was a big like coming out story. Okay. Yes, I get it. We have to do that. That's I. That's why we have a, we live in a homophobic country, right? Like, like we, though we still have to come out. You can't just be like, oh, this conversation's easy. Hey, I'm bringing a girl home with me as a girl. Oh, okay, cool, honey. Keep your door open, you know, like <laughs> or whatever it is they want to do. Like, don't. Right. Cool. I'm glad. I'm so glad you found somebody that you're interested in. Uh. But I I think that as far as bi characters, pan characters, there's a little bit progression there, but not as as much as I personally would like. I see more representation of especially gay men. But, I mean, that kind of makes sense because we live in a patriarchy, too. So, you know, male privilege and things like that. It's true. And then I still feel like, you know, yeah, there'll be two women together and... You know, they're still kind of like kind of forcing that binary of like lesbian or gay. Not necessarily that you like multiple types of people. True,
1: I think that's that's a very fair assessment. Do you think that there has been also, especially with the the news media and the cycle that's still going on, and, and a lot of legislation that's going on, the the Ohio going after just one student that happens to be trans uh, through legislative action. How that has changed over the years.
0: Oh, yeah. A lot of the legislation is just anti LGBTQ generally. But trans legislation, I mean, there's the bathroom bill, like, what was that? Wasn't that like a decade ago now? It's got to be. I was teaching about that. <laughs> to
1: be frankly, uh, everything beyond two years ago feels like a, an eternity. So I'm not Fair good enough. at judging time. We've
0: got, we've got, we've got COVID brains still happening, and COVID brain. I mean, like it's the pre-pandemic versus post-pandemic, but during the pandemic, we don't know what year it is.
1: Yeah, uh, Einstein would write a new paper about relativity of time constraints. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh! <laughs> and this is why he's my introverted friend. <laughs> I love you. Love you too. Uh, I think that there's backlash against uh, trans folks and non-binary folks, but I do see that there's still not the amount of representation as far as in the media of non-binary and trans. Like there's, it's like uh, what the show you the mo- the show you what what not, and there's yeah. a, a trans actor playing a trans person in there, and everybody was like really excited about that. But then that show is all very traumatic. I can I can barely even watch it, because I, I teach very heavy subjects.
1: And even things like uh, uh, Transparent. They were actively trying to hire trans people behind the scenes, and then the main character, who was a cishet white male, uh, whose name I will not mention, because I don't want to. Um, right. Uh, kind of the tirade of that uh, caught up and impacted the lives of many other trans people as a result of it
0: yeah this is there's there's still not the representation there needs to be i think there's um more representation uh somewhat of trans women because like uh, orange is the new black and then that was and that was a black trans woman so like oh my gosh awesome you know intersectionality matters so much
1: same with Heartstopper. Oh, which yep. is still in season one, just kind of released season one. That trans actor, she is actually uh, very quickly hired to be part of the new Doctor Who, too, as well.
0: But I'm trying to, like, off the cuff, because I do follow these kinds of media. I What's a trans man actor that's, like, very popular?
1: Uh, Chaz Bono probably would be oh, the one. Oh,
0: yeah, that's true. But, but not, like, in a lot of There's, mainstream yeah, ways.
1: True. Um, uh, but then Elliot Page.
0: Oh, Elliot Page, yes. Actually, I was just reading about and him today. just
1: on the cover of Time, if I recall, yeah. not that long ago.
0: And it's because he was previously famous, um, and and the transition was very, very public. And I I think he's definitely paving the way for more people. Um, and I, that's Helping awesome.
1: us turn the page? Turn the yeah, page. Are you I, making uh, Yeah, I don't know. Um, I didn't know. Two out of five stars on that one. <laughs>
0: You you tried you tried try
1: Jamie, <laughs> but yeah, his his seeing him, uh, the comfort that he brings in his own skin and that he's fought for, uh, I think uh, is hopefully inspiring to a lot of people. Yeah,
0: and he did it, and he did it so publicly. Yeah. Um, and holy moly, wow, that is amazing. But I wanted to talk about some microaggressions regarding um, trans and non-binary people. Sure. Um, one that I still have to. Teach people, and I will not stress this enough, is using pronouns properly. And if you make a mistake, don't make it about you. Yeah. You know, oh, 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 sorry. Yep. The end. Oh,
1: I come from a different era. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's just really hard. Yeah, you didn't have any hard calling me misses when I was married when I didn't go by misses, but you can't say he, she, they or you know like what the person identifies yeah. as, like that or not identifies they are <laughs> Cuz that's the other thing too like oh that's what they identify. No, it's not their I identify as. It's just it's who they are. They're telling you who they are, but not making it about you. Dead naming yeah is a really common one. And if somebody goes by the name this name, that's their name. You don't like just because you knew them as this other name doesn't make it that anymore. Again, if you make a mistake because you're used to calling them that, just apologize and move on, and call them their name.
1: Yeah, it should be that simple, but it's not. It's for not. a lot of people. No, uh, sadly,
0: Ooh. no. And, and we were telling our coming out stories, but I I think that you know that's just. That much more difficult, and and also I want to very clearly point out because um, we're talking about trans and non-binary, is that you know we're talking about gender. You know, me and Jamie over here, I de- I, de- I definitely am. I'm a queer person, and so the reason why I identify as queer is because of my sexuality and my gender identity. Like, there neither of those are technically mainstream. I still say that I'm a woman. I consider myself more of a demi woman because I've never really fully felt girlish feminine there's definitely lots of pictures of me as a kid getting dressed up in dresses and me being very angry about it (laughs) like I didn't want that so I'm I'm kind of you know I don't fit the gender binary but gender identity and who you are and your expression and things like that can all be very different and I think that if you are an inclusive caring person you try to learn more about that I actually had a person was trying to get me to educate them. Also it's not a person's job to educate you. There's a lot of stuff you can learn on Google. And Google's not the source of everything. So students that might be listening to my podcast, do not use Google for everything regarding education. But it can give you a starting point for like terms. You can learn a lot and without having to like make the person across from you educate you about everything. Yeah. And Go to resource pages, you know, for LGBTQ. You know, there's a lot of .org sites that give you terminology and explain things to you.
1: If your goal is to come from a place of not knowing, I think it's a strong effort to, one, go to a friend that is having those issues, or is at least being honest with you and telling you that they're going through them, and ask them and say, I would love to know more. Do you have anything that you think would be helpful because one yes you you would be following through and you have that personal connection but you're you're yeah. also showing that person I care about you enough to do the work on my own.
0: Yeah, like I'm not asking you to educate me. I'm asking you if you know of like where I should go for resources so that
1: I can better understand you as a human being.
0: Yeah. I'd agree with that.
1: There's a there's a strong empathy that uh, is rooted in that.
0: Yeah, I care about you. I care about what you're going through. I care about knowing you better but i also don't want you to sit here and give me a 45 minute lecture about who you are unless unless you want to and if they and if they want to do that sure but there shouldn't be that expectation that person has to like yeah.
1: teach and let's them. face it we are in an era of misinformation so if Weesh. you go down that rabbit hole of google, google. down true. the wrong path I mean. then you can be from a not a great place either and this is confirming That's that true that they are telling you their experience and what they can uh, identify with. And you can have, a, have the dialogue, but, uh, but making sure you're going down at least the right direction.
0: Yes, I do want to agree with that. I said Google, but that's why I was backtracking yeah. there too. Yep. Like, look at resource pages, <laughs> like for LGBT <laughs> organizations. Don't just like trust whatever the interwebs is saying, because it does not always tell you the things that you need to know.
1: Yes. Watching the prom with James Corden does not mean you identify with what every gay man is going through.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) The thing, too, um, is that everybody kind of gets lumped into the LGBTQIA plus box. If you know somebody who is a lesbian, then it doesn't mean that you understand all lesbianism. If you made a person who's bi, you don't know all bi. We're put in this like same all all, like box and there's like so much going on there. We're talking about sexuality. We're talking about gender and That's why it's important, like you're saying, ask the person like what would help me understand you more because I care about you as an individual. You say you say that you don't have anybody in your life like that. Spoiler alert, you absolutely do. They just not, might not be telling you because you're not necessarily showing them that it's safe enough to talk to you about certain things. But if you know of a fair amount of people, there, there's a very high likelihood, I mean, even at work and stuff, you, you, you know somebody that is LGBTQIA+. And what do I mean by that? I keep saying it lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, intersex, asexual, and then plus, because all of those terms kind of like change. And I said earlier on in our conversation, bisexual, pansexual, and it's because bisexuality was the first term that kind of fit. But then when pansexual came out, I was like, Oh, but that fits too. Right. (laughs) So, but I didn't, I didn't have access to that term when I find out what, what, what bisexuality was.
1: I think that that's kind of a good closing point. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them, especially through your friends or people that you're, you do trust to say, hey, I'm vulnerable in this way because you're asking a question. You're not telling people. You're asking the questions and ready to absorb the information as opposed to just coming off the cuff, let's say, going off the cuff.
0: Yes, and also, uh, please feel free, if you're listening to this, to email me at hottopicsreframed at com. If it's a hateful comment, I'm just going to delete it. Yeah, I'm not going to respond to any trolls or hate. But if you have a legitimate question, I will try my best to answer. And thank you so much, Jamie, for being here. Yeah,
1: sure, sure. I, I was glad to do it, to say the very least. And hopefully I wasn't too much in my radio voice. <laughs>
0: No, your regular voice kind of came out there, too. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. You've been listening to Hot Topics Reframe. topics that are hot with a lot of thought, with Rebecca Hayes and Cedric Taylor, and our awesome amazing producer, Amy